I confess that I had a three-foot-tall teddy bear that I used to hump until I came. I confess I did too. This person says I cried when my mom gave him away. Oh. I still have mine. I don't really. I was just having a moment rethinking about giving away my kids' toys. <laughs> Bedpost Confessions is an Austin, Texas-based live show featuring smart storytelling and anonymous confessing. Stories heard at Bedpost Confessions, as well as sister shows Unspoken and Confess, all explore themes of humor, vulnerability, and emotional justice on varying topics. No matter the topic, the highlight of any Bedpost Productions is the participation of the audience members sharing their own secrets in the form of anonymous confessions, which are read aloud during the show. So my name is Adam Marr, and I am a sex-positive therapist here in Austin, Texas. And as you might have guessed by looking at me, I like to have a lot of sex. It's true. Tons, just oodles of it, really. But before you judge me, know that I proudly come from a long line of sluts. It's true. Preparing for my grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary, I naively asked my grandpa what it was like when he had sex for the first time on his wedding night. <laughs> See, my grandparents met when they were in high school and got married after graduation. And my pap just said, what? You have to drive a car before you buy it. <sighs> he proceeded to tell me story after story of how he and my Grammy would get caught banging it out in my Grammy's house. They, they broke a damn bed, y'all. On the other side of the family tree, I was helping my grandmother go through some old photos, and I came across this pinup vixen in a bikini and heels. She was sunning herself like a goddess on the hood of a car. Surprised, I asked my grandma, who is that? See, my grandma looks like uh, Aunt B from The Andrew Griffith Show, <laughs> and she has made biscuits from scratch for me since God was a baby. Well, she just chuckled and said, well, sugar, that's me. <laughs> With the same tone and cadence as you might reply to being asked, what time is it? Even my own mother has tramp running through her veins. Oh, get ready for this one. <laughs> My mother is very religious. And one time she was telling me about a dating dilemma. See, she was interested in this guy and got him to start attending church services with her. Over time, her infatuation with him left, and she wanted to change the nature of their relationship without hurting his relationship with the Lord. <sighs> At the same time, my mother had developed a crush on a new member of the congregation. So, like a good Christian, she convinced her new crush to sit with her during church services, hoping that her old flame would get the message. Jesus loves you, but I do not. <laughs> this not only helped her leave her old relationship, but it kick-started her new one. What a devious trollop. I am so proud. So as you can see, being a slut is in my blood. And with all that said, here is my story. 
So before Grinder, it's like in the beginning, right? It's Genesis. Before Grinder. <laughs> us tramps had to use the means available to us. And for me, that was Craigslist. Oh, Lord, Craigslist. And D-List. I know there's some queens out here remember D-List. Yes, yes. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. As a budding floozy, I would find all sorts of ways to connect with guys. And let me tell you, ladies, something. I was fucking good at it. Oh, this is your first time doing anything with a guy? Me too. <sighs> Lower and to the left, sweetie. <laughs> I had a number of hookups as I explored my own sexuality. You know, without any sort of guide or comprehensive queer sexual education, I just trusted my intuition and did what felt right. Well, in 2009, I met a fella in real life. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Just a hot little biscuit who somehow was different from the rest. He is right over there, by the way. Oh. Send applause and send pity, because he knows what's coming. <laughs> At the same time, I had two frisky friends and decided that I would give this new beau a shot. After a few years of dating, we got hitched. It's true. Yeah. Some people buy the cow, people. Some people buy the cow. And on, on our honeymoon, we talked about the one and only reoccurring source of conflict in our relationship, sex. See, we have different levels of desire and different sexual turn-ons. And instead of falling into that trap of, if you really love me, then you will do whatever stupid demand here, we decided to open up. Mm-hmm. We figure that we are only on this rock for a finite amount of time. And if you truly love somebody, you want them to have as many as enjoyable experiences as possible. So, surprise, surprise, this Jezebel was the jealous one. <laughs> Motherfucker. I was riding the hot mess express, y'all. Lots of tears. Lots of conflict. <laughs> you see, I wanted to have sexual freedom and at the same time maintain this feeling that I was special because my introverted partner chose me. Yeah, it was difficult to hear that he was opening up emotionally with dates. Once I worked through that, I could eroticize my husband having sex with other guys, but those emotional connections threw me for a loop at first, y'all. Mm. One guy caught the feels for my husband and started to villainize me. Mm. Yeah, I know. Boo. <laughs> Some of y'all been there, I can tell. <laughs> My husband started to question our relationship. Mama wasn't having it. <laughs> y'all forgot I was a fucking therapist, didn't you? <laughs> but here's the thing. Shutting down a disrespectful metamor, which is the partner of your partner with whom you yourself do not have a relationship with, shooting star the more you know. 
It is tricky business, y'all. See, we remained open throughout this whole time, and my husband did not like me telling him what to do with his partner. I always loved my husband's rebellious streak until this very moment. <laughs> Eventually, my husband had to deal with his partner's <clears throat> issues, the ones that I had pointed out. <laughs> A girl likes to be right. Um, <laughs> And he decided on his own that they should only be friends. It took lots of talking, airing out grievances, and reminding ourselves of the love that we felt for each other. It was hands down the hardest moment in our years together. My husband, my husband was patient and kind with me as I went through my own process, and he had to work on some stuff too. You know, in the end, I realized that I had learned to rely too heavily on my, on my husband for my self-esteem. See, I simply had to recalibrate how to feel better about myself. I came to the conclusion that nobody is responsible for my happiness but me. It's true. You see, here's the thing, y'all. Who was about to get church up in here? Here is the thing. My husband doesn't have to make me feel special because I can recognize my own unique, lovely light and celebrate that myself. Yeah. It took some time to renegotiate our new relationship contract, but we eventually got there, girl. We had to develop identities outside of each other as well as find ways to maintain our connection. Now, when we look back on 2014, we are bemused by the hangups that once seemed impossible to overcome. All that hard work was fucking worth it because we love each other even more and know how far our love can stretch. We've moved from being in an open relationship to being more in the world of relationship anarchy. It's gorgeous. There are lots of ways to experience love in this world and we try to appreciate all the different connections. Now we play alone together. We have frisky friends. I have one here tonight. <laughs> He's sitting with my husband and he is cute. We have friends and hookups. We have emotional connections and erotic connections with others, and they all really serve to strengthen our marriage and occasionally lead to some pretty hot three ways. So now we are thriving, and that brings us to my recent grinder hookup. <sighs> buckle in, ladies, buckle in. So I messaged this guy. And we flirt, things heat up quick. Some pics, some videos, this slut is fucking sold. So we arrange to meet during a day and deep in the back of my mind, there's a part of me that goes, eh, this seems a little familiar. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> I arrive at his apartment and he is geared up and ready to play, as am I underneath my Seemingly unassuming workout clothes is my harlot. She is panting and ready to come out. And as a side note, I love having her there, just at the surface, vanilla in disguise. In an ever-accepting world, there are few taboos for a tramp to challenge anymore. So, back to the story. After abandoning my street clothes at the door, we make the way to his bedroom. 
And while in some hot ass foreplay, the nagging feeling that I know this guy <laughs> floats into the back of my brain again. Things progress. I strip him of his singlet and I force him to go down on me. <laughs> Gender queer boys can be doms too, people. Yeah. You ain't been dom till you've been dom by a genderqueer boy. <laughs> Back to the story. So he is eating my dick like a hungry, hungry hippo. <laughs> and I noticed something. On his back, there is a tattoo. I didn't see it in the pictures or the videos, and the singlet had it covered up until now. I know, I know this tattoo. <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> so we both get off and say our pleasant goodbyes. And as I'm walking to my car, my mind slowly puts it together. I know this guy because I hooked up with this guy eight years ago. <laughs> Twice. And we watched Short Bus after the second time. Yeah. We had met online pre-Grinder and gotten busy two times and neither of us had fully remembered the other one. So I do what any smart floozy would do. I get to my car and I immediately text him, hey, I think we hooked up two times back in 08. <laughs> to which he replied, you look so familiar. <laughs> I, I was going to say something, but I didn't know the etiquette. <laughs> he wrapped up his text conversation with, you were a lot more shy back then. <laughs> it's true. True. So my dom side has really grown in eight years, y'all as he found out in our last hookup. You know, reflecting on my budding minx always makes me smile. I'm reminded of how far I've come. Today, I love myself fully, embrace all parts of my sexuality while allowing it room to expand. I'm fortunate, so fucking fortunate. Oh God, I'm about to cry. I am fortunate to have a partner who embraces me for who I am. A slutty diva who can sometimes get a little jealous. <laughs> he appreciates all parts of me, even the rougher edges, which has helped me accept myself and develop greater confidence. My newfound sexual freedom has become a major part of my work as a therapist. Through exploration and curiosity, I help clients challenge long-held thoughts and feelings about their own sexuality. We examine all the ways there are to, to connect with other people and celebrate those unique connections without judgment. Shame and guilt get replaced with pride and enjoyment. Sexuality often becomes another way to cope with mental health issues. If a person struggles with depression, except for when they're holding a whip. <laughs> then let's find a healthy way for that person to hold a whip so depression doesn't take over their life.
Easy as pie. The whole thing really is beautiful. I get to make the world more sexy for a living. Yeah. So folks, I am who I am. I am a proud slut. It is my heritage. It is who I will be until my dying day. And really, what is a slut? It's just someone who refuses to feel shame about the sex that they enjoy. Mm -hmm. Whether that's alone, whether that's alone or with a one and only or with a group, from kinky to vanilla, it's all good. Whether you have sex every damn day or just once in your life, I hope you can love the slut inside you too. Bedpost Confessions is produced by Julie Gillis, Mia Martina, and Sadie Smythe. Audio production is by Ian Danskin. Confess with us at bedpostconfessions.com. Until next time, we will leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess my first lover was my host mother when I was in a foreign country uh, as a foreign exchange student at 15 years of age. Oh, we're not even... It was filled with guilt and secrecy and pleasure. My host father must have been suspicious, but nothing was ever said. I'm going to keep doing the masturbation ones. I hope that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I confess, the first time I masturbated, I was eight. And it was to Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. Now, I never told anyone until I met my boyfriend who first masturbated to Lola Bunny from Space Jam. (laughs) It was a match made in heaven. Oh my God, again, I'm thinking about all the shit my kid is watching. (laughs) 